Welcome to the Love on the Go podcast, brought to you by Carolina's Matchmaker. I'm Laurie Burzak, and for over 17 years, I've been helping singles find the relationship of their dreams all over the Carolinas. Along the journey, I've met so many amazing professionals and experts from various fields, and I'm excited to introduce them to you. What's my goal? I want to help you look at love and relationships in a new way and to grow in your understanding of how love works. Let's learn together how people have overcome personal obstacles and have found love, first and foremost, with themselves. The ultimate goal is realizing that you are worthy and deserving of love. Let's get started. Hey guys, I'm excited today. I just realized I always start off by saying I'm so excited. I need to think of a better line. You guys can uh, text me or message me and tell me what you think a better line is for me to say, I'm excited to do this podcast. It's a solo podcast. Happy Valentine's Day. Um, Obviously, we are not celebrating Valentine's Day every day of the year, but I think that this podcast actually is going to help people because I'm going to be going over letters that people have written me um, asking for advice on a myriad of topics The folks that sent me these questions are from my Singles in the Carolinas group. So if you haven't joined that group and you live in the Carolinas, feel free. Um, We're really selective about who we bring in. You need to have a Facebook page uh, profile that is like at least seven or eight years old. We're trying our hardest to kick out all the, the scammers and whatnot. And it's really kind of a discussion group. People ask questions, have couples been gotten together uh, from that group? Yes. Um, Have people dated? Yes. But for the most part, it's not an online dating site. It's just a fun community. Um, But that is where I have drawn these, these questions from. So without further ado, I'm going to begin with some of the questions. Um, And for those of you out there who are listening, who um, are on their own for Valentine's Day, I just want to say, it's okay. Enjoy your life. There are many couples out there that are not happy. There are many people out there who are not seeking help in their marriages, in their relationships. And I sometimes feel like folks that are kind of on their own and seeking partnership feel like they're at a deficit in some way, but you're not. Because what you are is able to think clearly about what it is that you want in your life and who it is that meets those needs and be as selective as you want to be and just focus on bringing joy into your life and enjoy it. So obviously if you want to meet somebody and, um, you're, you'd like to talk to me about it. I'm happy to have a conversation. Um, I work with women with online dating and men with matchmaking. So please feel free to reach out at the very least, fill out a profile on my website. It's complimentary. If you're a potential match, if you're a woman and potential match, one of my matchmaking clients, then I'm happy to make a match if it's a good one. Um, all right, without further ado, Um, here is a question from one of my singles in the Carolinas. Um, and she wants to know when to move on 
Before you enter a relationship, so many people might have a couple dates and then they realize a few months have gone by and then maybe a year goes by and there are significant struggles and turnoffs without that relationship. Why are so many people trying for their relationship to work and why are people not recognizing what doesn't work sooner? And I think that my answer to that and what I've heard from people is that they don't want to get back out there in the dating scene, that even though the person that they're with is, isn't checking all of the boxes, they are afraid to let that person go without knowing that there's someone else out there for them. So I think it stems from fear of not knowing what's out there and fear that they're going to be alone. But that's definitely not a great way to think in life. Instead of thinking in lack, think of in more. So think of in abundance, you know, as you, as you age, as you learn, and as you grow, you are capable of receiving a lot more than perhaps you once were. And so my advice would be really sit with yourself and is the person that you're with, are your expectations too high for the person that you're with and for what you think one person should bring to your life? If that is the case, so if you're thinking that you should, that you deserve more and that the person is not capable of giving you more or that your expectations are not too great, then let them go and find someone else. However, check yourself. Not every person, not every partner is ever going to be able to give you everything that you need. If you are receiving 85% of what you need and deserve, you can sort of patch together the rest, the 15% with friends. You know, I know a lot of couples that one of them likes to go hear live music, but the other partner doesn't, or one of them enjoys going to their place of worship and the other one doesn't. I think that it's important to figure out what is a non-negotiable and what is something that can go by the wayside. So that is something that you need to do some deep thinking on. And then once you have clarity then you will know if that person checks off the right boxes, the non-negotiables. So sit with yourself there. Okay, here's another question. How do you find a man that is willing to put in a little effort? I'm so tired of having to do all the work in a relationship. At least meet me halfway with some effort. When meeting online, how do you get the men to engage in any type of conversation. I ask questions and get one or two word responses. They don't seem to be interested in knowing more about me. Why like me if you aren't interested? Age group 50 to 60. So it's a great question. And I work with people with online dating. I work with a lot of women with online dating assistance. And what I have found when I'm when I'm in their messaging, which we do once a week, um, and I'm looking more often than that, but I'm Zooming with my clients once a week. And so are my, my staffers, my coaches, um, is if the guy is only giving you one word answers, they're not engaging enough. Let them go. Make sure to ask them open-ended questions. So to sort of give them some prompts to get them talking. What you want to see is full paragraphs back and forth, essentially talking about what they like to do, talking about their family, you know, really getting a sense of who they are as a person. You don't need it to go on for that long either. So, you know, if you can usually tell within some, 
five or six back and forth if the person is articulate, if they're asking you questions, if they're showing some interest. And if and when they are, then I would just say, hey, this has been a great conversation so far. What do you think about meeting in real life? At that point, you want to go ahead and get a phone number and you want to do a background check. I recommend either Ben Verified or Truthfinder run a criminal um, background check on them right in there. It's nominal amount of money, but it's the best thing for you to do. I do that for my clients. Um, I'd say about one in five of the guys that I research for my clients do have some kind of criminal uh, background. And I'm not talking about, um, you know, speeding tickets and that kind of thing. Um, but I've seen a lot. And so the number one thing is you want to be safe. I know I kind of went off on a little bit of a tangent, but I'm always a safety monitor here. It's, you're always going to hear it from me. That's if I can get any message out there to people, you want to be safe, but online dating is definitely a great way to meet somebody. So if the person you're talking to isn't giving you enough, let them go and keep going. Another one, best dating sites for females over 50. Um, my, and then also where are good places to meet men over 50 outside of the dating apps? Um, my answer for you is, I like Bumble. I think it's great. Um, and also there's Hinge and there's Match.com. Those are my three favorites. Um, so there, I would also recommend Meetup.com um, where there are so, first of all, it's free. Secondly, there are so many activities for people of all ages on Meetup. There's dinner groups, there's hiking groups, there's game nights, there's comedy nights, there's improvs, there's so many. So all you need to do is go in there and click on as many interests as come to you. Um, and if you're living in a small town, you might want to consider looking at sort of the next larger city and sign up to do things. You can look at pictures of previous events. Some of the um, the groups are private, so you need to submit a little something to, to join, which is great. And look at the pictures and see, you know, do those people look like about my age or in and around my age? Do they look like they're having fun? Um, you can look and see how many people are planning to attend events. Even if it's a small event, it might not be a bad idea to make some friends. And I go, I would recommend just going with the attitude of, I'm just going to have fun tonight. I'm getting out of the house and I'm doing something different for myself where I feel like I'm doing something towards my social life. Just go with the idea of making friends. You never know if you're going to meet someone, a love interest, but at the very least you're getting out of the house and you feel like you're doing something about your social life. The friends that you make might have people that they would introduce to you. Um, grab phone numbers, connect with people on socials, and then kind of be consistent about going, um, put it on your calendar every week, you know, Saturday night, Wednesday night, I'm going to do something on meetup. Um, ask friends that you go to meet at, when you meet somebody at a meetup, they don't have to be your best friend for you to say, Hey, I heard that there's trivia night going on at the brewery, um, in town on Wednesday night. Do you want to do you want to go together? Oh yeah, great. Let me grab your number. And then you have someone that you're going to be meeting there. Cause I know it is really easy to come home from work or if you're working from home the end of the work day and you're like, I'm done. I'm just going to get on Netflix. I'm going to get on TikTok. That's me. Um, I'm going to do my thing and I don't have the energy, but if you have someone you're meeting out, you know what? You freshen up, you throw on some fresh clothes and you get out the door. So that's my recommendation. Somebody else wanted to know, why do men come on strong and then flake out? Well, 
All I can say is next, that person is not for you. If they're coming on strong, that's definitely a red flag. Whenever you meet anyone online or in offline in, uh, in real life, and they come on super strong, your gut, listen to yourself. Your gut is going to tell you something here isn't right. And even you in asking that question that they're coming on strong is proof that you know something's off, but you can't quite figure it out, but you know they're coming on strong. The person should come on as just a regular person, as somebody chill, somebody who wants to get to know you, somebody who wants to meet you um, and not try to get from zero to a hundred and three dates. So watch the pace of the relationship and see how it goes and always check in with your body, with your system to say, does this feel good? Is this, is this going kind of at the pace that I'm interested in? If it's going too fast, or if somebody's asking for something that you're not interested in, say they're blowing up your phone, they're texting you all the time, they're trying to get intimate too quickly, set your boundary. If they try to cross it, you don't have to get upset about it. You just say, you know what, this isn't for me. This is going too fast and I'm not interested. They're either going to respect you for it, or they're going to say, I'm not interested in you because this is the pace I want to go. You have every right to say exactly what you're looking for. Here's another question. How do you truly get the attention of a man in the wild? What do they look for or what moves do we need to make? Where do we go? I love this question. And really what I can say is you just need to be yourself. You don't need to go out of your way to get somebody's attention. That being said, you want to look your best. So say you go to a meetup and um, you know you see someone that you're interested in talking to. Um, I would walk up to them and create a conversation that has something to do with, you know, whatever setting you're in. Have you been, it sounds so funny. Have you been here before? <laughs> you know, is this your first time? But that's such an easy intro, you know? Okay. So say you go to a hiking meetup. Oh, this is my first time at this hiking meetup. You know, have you, have you done a lot of these? And then you're off, you know, just continue having the conversation. If they're interested in you, they will respond accordingly if they want to be, we don't know at that moment if they just want to be friends or if they're interested in you, we don't know. But what we do know is if you're friendly and you're fun and you seem chill, they may be somebody, you may be putting out something that somebody is um, excited about or is ready to receive. And if they're not, then that's fine. Move on. If at the end of the event, you know, you're, you know, he hasn't asked you for your phone number, give it to him. Or you can say, you know what, why don't we exchange? I enjoy talking to you. Why don't we exchange numbers? Maybe we can hit another one of these another day. And the thing about it is this, it'll be very obvious to you if somebody is interested in getting to know you one-on-one -on -one, or if they're just interested in you as part of the group. And either way, it's fine because the person that you're meant to be with is going to be so excited about you and pursuing you that they will ask for your number, that they will call you, that they will text you, that they will ask you out. It will just be very, very obvious. So don't pursue or chase, just wait and watch. Um, here's another one. Why is it that so many women say they want to date and find the one yet they aren't willing to make any changes through the life and or lifestyle to do so? Well, um, that's an interesting question. And I guess it kind of depends. So say that there is someone who, a woman who is, has a really busy career and she's got kids at home 
and she's got friends and family and she's got the gym and her interests and whatnot. She has very little time to date. So while you may go out with her and she may express interest in dating you, she may not have the time and doesn't make the time. And then that's your answer right there. Um, but also start looking at the types of women that you are pursuing. Are they unavailable types of women? Are you looking sort of outside of the realm of who would be a good potential for you? Are you reaching for the stars when really you should be reaching for what's next to you? Are you reasonable about the type of woman that you are looking for? Um, and um, it shouldn't be that they need to make a lifestyle change. Basically, you need to understand what her lifestyle is. And if it works for you, great. And if it doesn't work for you, then just let it go. Also, I know who you are. I still think you need to hire me for matchmaking. <laughs> I, you know, I could do the job for you. Um, and I can find you women who are available and ready to date. But we've talked about this already. You can call me. Okay, here's another one. I've tried so many dating apps, um, some of the larger paid ones. I've only experienced meeting men my age who say one thing. You fully respond and interact with them, then get barely anything back. I don't find that grown people in their 40s to 60s actually want to meet in person. Many only want to text. After being married 25 years, it took me a bit to be ready. It's truly so disappointing when you are ready. Put yourself out there knowing you have so much to offer to get the same thing time after time. I would think it's just me and their interactions, but no matter how much I change it up, I still find that this age group, mainly 50s, just aren't genuine wanting to meet anyone. They like the messaging and chase. I struggle with this. I have no idea it would be this hard after my divorce. Times have changed. I miss the old fashioned way of meeting people. I sort of just vented a little bit, I guess, Laurie, you being who you are, hopefully you can find my mean question between the lines. And then she also wanted to know how does someone go about watching my podcast? Um, so first of all, you can watch my podcast on YouTube. I, I put all of the, uh, the full episodes there. Okay. So it's important to go into it. Sometimes we need to press the refresh button. Sometimes we think we know everything about these apps, but what we need to keep in mind is that every single day, different human beings get on the apps and you could find your person tomorrow. But I want you to make sure that what you're presenting is exactly who you are in the best light. What does that look like? So when people hire me for online dating assistance, we do styling, professional photo shoot, makeup, help select their photos, rewrite their profiles, and then launch them. And then they've got assignments and so do we. So we're either helping people with their messaging, we're teaching people how to message, we're teaching them how to get a, a phone number, we're running the background checks. Um, but when you're doing it on your own, you need to set um, expectations for yourself so that you're not disappointed. And what I, wh what I would recommend is choose five people each week to interact with. And if one of them falls off, pop another one in there. So if you're on Bumble, for example, Always have five people in your match queue. You're going to grab them from your beeline and pop them in your match queue and message them. Um, and then always have people in the queue to um, to replenish, if you will, and have set a goal of one date a week. Keep your pedal to the metal and don't give up. Don't do the pen pal thing. 
like I said before, if you find that you're messaging too much, just suggest that you meet up. If they can't get to it, let them go. Bring another one down from your match queue. Make sure to have great pictures, recent photos. They need to be at least six months or younger. I don't care if you think you look the same two years ago. You didn't. You don't. People age. It's fine. Who cares? The most important thing is to show up looking exactly the way you do right now. Nobody's going to be disappointed. You're 85% of the way there, in my opinion, if you show up looking like you do. And then you can kind of roll out um, your personality and see if there's any kind of match there in terms of chemistry. Um, there are tons of people in their 50s that are looking. And what's great about that age is... People have already figured out their careers. They've got money in the bank. They have family that is nearly grown. So they've got time to travel. It's just a great age. People know themselves and they're like, you know, they've got life behind them and they've got a bunch of life ahead of them. So just keep going and um, don't settle for communication that you're not excited about. You also might want to expand what you're looking for. You know, maybe there's um, a different age range that you can stretch. Maybe there's a, a distance you can stretch. If you're living in a small town, you know, check out a, a bigger town. I have a, a client that I'm working with in Raleigh right now. We kind of got to the end of her beeline and I said, let's look in Charlotte for you. She agreed. So we opened it up all of a sudden, whoo, tons of people in Charlotte looking at her profile. So that's my advice there. Here's another one. On the dating apps, after someone likes you, implies interest, what's a good way to engage in a two-way conversation, not just one or two word answers? Now, this is the same kind of question. So obviously a lot of people are wondering about this. Um, so what, one thing that you can do, and I have a client that just did this and I thought it was awfully cute. She's like really into music, live music. So she basically opened up the conversation asking the the men, what is their favorite kind of music. But the way she said it was so cute. She said, back in middle school, what kind of music were you listening to? So it was like, they're already in the middle of a conversation. You know, people are so, so sick of, you know, the small talk. Act as if this person's your best friend that you're catching up with and just plunk yourself in the middle of a conversation and see where it goes. You know, it doesn't have to be formal. In fact, it's so much more fun just to banter back and forth. I think people get stuck sometimes thinking, well, how do I present myself instead of just digging into a deeper conversation? So kind of try that. What are signs of narcissism? Oh, this is such a great question. So it's tricky. And sometimes you cannot sniff out a narcissist until you're already in the relationship. And it's hard to, to, to step away once you are. Um, cause sometimes people, you just fall for them. Um, narcissists are, um, often very attractive. They are very exciting. They love bomb you, which means that they are in a lot of communication, which is what you want, especially in the beginning, but sometimes it's too much. And that's where you're little, that's where you need to be like really in touch with your, um, with your body and your system and your gut. Like I was talking about earlier, um, the closer you are to really feeling things, um, when things happen to you, um, the more you'll be able to realize when people are acting in their best interest instead of yours. 
So if you find that somebody is blowing up your phone, that they want to see you all the time, where it seems like a little unnatural, a little obsessive, I actually talked about this on my WBTV um, show, which should be posted by the time this podcast comes out. Um, but if they're acting obsessive, um, it, they obviously have boundary issues. If they are trying to keep you away from your friends and family, if they're putting other people down, if you see that they're acting kind of rudely with other people, but not necessarily with you, believe me in time, they will act that way with you. Um, other signs of narcissists are gaslighting, which means they are trying to convince you that what you know to be true is not true. And I, I watched this, um, this uh, TikTok recently, and this woman was filming from the back seat. Her friend was in the front seat, the girlfriend. And then the girlfriend's um, boyfriend was outside talking on the phone. But since the Bluetooth was enabled, the friend in the back seat was commenting, okay, look, he's talking to this woman on the phone. You could literally see who he was talking to because it was, you could see it on the monitor. So he gets in the car and the girlfriend's like, um, who are you talking to? And he was like, I was talking to my mother or my sister or something. She's like, no, you weren't. I saw who you were talking to. I could see it right there. No, I wasn't. Yeah, you were. I literally just saw it right there. I don't know what you're talking about. There must be something wrong with the system. I literally just saw you talking to her. Why are you lying to me? I'm not lying. I don't know why you're saying these kinds of things to me. Don't get this way. You're getting crazy on me. That's what I'm talking about with gaslighting, where you're like, am I crazy? This is not a thing. They are great liars. So just be careful. Here is a message that I got in my messages. What are the best methods for determining how much time someone may potentially need in a relationship early on. Basically, I'm trying to ask in a tactful way, how can you determine early on if someone is potentially too needy or how can you gauge their neediness level early on? Wow, that is, that is another really good question. So obviously early on, people are both like super excited about being in touch, hopefully in a healthy manner. Um, but if you're noticing that the person that you're dating is acting too anxious, reaching out too often, getting upset when you don't get right back to them, displaying displeasure, trying to pin you down if you're exclusive or not, when you haven't even gone on five dates or more, um, where it feels like they're rushing things along, where it's clear that they're angry because you haven't been, you know, easily in touch, um, where, and so that's where you need to be careful too. So in the very beginning, you don't have to be in touch every three hours. What you want is to be in touch in a healthy way, like maybe in the morning, after work, planning a date, but you don't need to be texting all day long. It's too much too soon. Don't try to get to know somebody by text message in between dates so much. Just try to do a lot of that in person. It's fine to text. It's fun. I love texting. It's a blast. But on the other hand, it can create a false sense of relationship where you feel like you really get to know somebody, but you really don't. 
until you really meet them in person. That's why it's not great to do that whole long pen pal situation with someone on the dating apps where you think you know them and then you meet a month later and it's like, oh, you knew within five seconds, this person is definitely not for you and you've wasted all that time. I never actually believe it's a waste of time, but it is a learning lesson. You could have been putting that energy somewhere else. So you can detect pretty, pretty early on if somebody is needy, depending on how they react to you not being in touch with them very regularly. They'll probably also let you know that they're disappointed in you. And you're like, wait a second, we're not that serious yet. They're, I think it's weird that you're um, kind of over, if it feels like they're overreacting, listen to yourself and say, okay, they're overreacting to this. Remember, it's just going to get even meatier and worse. Okay. All right. Here's another one. How can you determine if someone is nervous or awkward versus uninterested when they are giving shorter answers to questions that they are asked or are not asking many questions themselves initially? So I'm going to say that this is an in-person situation. Normally on the first date, people are nervous and sometimes they deflect, they ask questions, but they don't always give a huge response. Sometimes they're just sitting there thinking, oh my goodness, I, I need to figure out what I'm going to say next. And so they're not as responsive as you want them to be because they're in their head. Hopefully by the second date though, they won't, they won't act that way because they'll know, okay, I made a good impression on the first date and I, um, going to give it a second, you know, I, now I can relax a little bit. I know that he or she likes me and, you know, we're going out again so I can kind of chill. And so that's what you want to do. The other thing is that you will know if they're interested in you by their responsiveness in between dates. Are they responding to your text messages? Are they going out with you again? I mean, that's the bottom line. If somebody says yes to going out with you again, they're interested in something or other. So if you're a guy and you just keep asking a woman out and she keeps saying yes, then there's something there. Um, it will become obvious, however, you know, if they're interested in you um, physically by your overtures, um, you don't have to go so far with it. But if, does she pull back when you try to hold her hand? Will she allow you to give her a goodnight kiss on, say, date number two, date number three? Um, you don't have to go for everything on the first date. Obviously people want to feel a little more comfortable. Um, so that's kind of what, what, how I would respond to that question. That's a great question. Okay. Those are all the questions that I got today and I love doing these. So if you have other questions, please send me a message. I'll probably be doing these solo podcasts more often, because I think they're fun and I think they're informative. And it also kind of gives you a sense of what other people are thinking and going through. And just know you're not you're not alone in the way that you're thinking and the way you're feeling and, and the things that you're experiencing. Um, there's nothing wrong with asking friends, who do you know for me? You know, I'm looking for somebody wonderful. You know, give your friend a full-length photo of yourself with a few sentences of who you are and kind of what you like to do for fun and say, yeah, please feel free to pass this along um, to your friend, to your brother, to whoever um, you were thinking of, you know, when we talked about, do you know anyone for me? And then follow up with them. Nothing wrong with that at all. Um, be proactive, get out there, go to meetups, uh, have a party, invite your friends to invite friends, get to know people. You never know where something is going to lead. And also, not everything needs to lead to something. 
So sometimes it's just about the moment and having fun, enjoying your life and feeling like you're doing something for yourself. So on this Valentine's Day, I want to wish you all happy Valentine's from my heart to yours. If there is anything I can ever do for you, please let me know. Um, I just feel really honored to be a part of this community with you and I love you. Thanks for listening to Love on the Go. I hope you join us on our next episode. You can make sure to know when it is by following us wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, if you enjoyed it, it'd be great if you left us a review. I'd appreciate it. In the meantime, to learn more about me and how my team can help you, visit carolinasmatchmaker.com. Until next time.